What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Come with me if you want to live. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. The Force will be with you. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and you're joining us for part two of our spotlight on Moon Knight. Now, in the last episode, I did a bit of a deep dive, a full history of all the comics and all the runs that sort of like there's been for Moon Knight. Now, even though that was up to an hour of me talking about Mooney, it really only scratched the surface. It was almost like, you know, go find these runs, that sort of thing. So I thought the only thing I could do to really get under the sort of skin of this character is I could pull in an expert. I need to pull in someone who talks about Moon on a regular basis. So who better than my friend Ray from the Into the Night Moon Knight podcast? How you doing, Ray? You all right? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much, Scott, for inviting me back to 20th Century Geek. It's always fun to be on. Nice, good to have you. And I say before we talked about the Predator, so you know mm. now we're actually getting in to talk about well something that's very close to your heart. So. You know, th- th- let's from the from the off. Let's throw out a plug for Into the Night. Yeah, sure. Um, as as Scott mentioned, I uh, I host and co-host a, a show called Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast, the only Moon Knight podcast online so far. Uh, you can catch us on on Twitter. Our handle is at itk moon knight, um, and just check at our Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast on Facebook as well. Uh, we've got a great group, facebook.com slash groups slash itk moon knight. Uh, it's really yeah, it's it's really fun to kind of meet um, big and and little and new and old Moon Knight fans Um, and I was very happy to hear Scott that you're a huge Moon Knight fan yourself yes yeah yeah. well it was great to find your podcast because like you say it's one of those you do think you're you think you're stood in a corner on your own of of a comic universe only really to find that there is a bunch of other people that have really got an appreciation for this character um, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're, I, I classify you as one of them, Scott. I, I would refer to you as an Omega level loony. <laughs> um, and there are fair, there actually, and as you say, surprisingly, there are a handful, uh, or maybe even a few more uh, Moon Knight fans who do kind of fall under that category as well. And to classify that, uh, I mean, I, I um, define that with with you having a vast collection of Moon Knight, not only in comics, but also whether it be commissioned artwork, mm. um, you, you know, at, at action figures, um, merchandise, everything. So, uh, yeah, it's very interesting to see um, people's fandom and what they have. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's just a fun ride, especially with the TV show coming up. Oh, no, yeah. Well, I think M- Moon Knight seems sort of to be... I don't know what it is, but Moon Knight has really started to, to sort of rise up the ranks, mm-hmm. um, and I think you know every now and then he jumps up. There's like, you know there's moments when something happens. Like I think the start of like the Houston run, um, mm-hmm. people took notice. You know he crossed over a little bit into Civil War. Um, yes, and then it sort of went very very quiet, and there was like you know bits and pieces and appearances and stuff, and then. You know, no. I mean, to be fair, I love uh, *Vengeance of the Moon Knight* as a series. Like, it's only ten <laughs> issues, but it's such a good run. 
Um, I was just reading. I was just reading that. Uh, re- just pure coincidence really? as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a good run, but like no one talks about it. Um, no, it just sort of went under the radar. Mm. And if uh, we if we are if we are touching upon that series, Scott, I want to give a huge um, shout out to a couple of my favorite issues. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go issue, for it. Yeah, issues nine and ten of Vengeance of the mm. Moon Knight. Um, one of my f- absolute favorite artists is uh, Juan Jose Rip, um, and he does issues nine and ten of it. And for those who do have the issues, um, it, it's kind of a it's a short, quickfire arc. It, it has Moon Knight up against of all people, Sandman with Spider-Man um, yeah. in, in that um, first issue. Not fantastic artwork. Uh, I just love it. It's really hard to describe. It's just it's kind of ultra detailed, I guess. Scott. Um, yeah, it, it's it's weird. Isn't it? It's got. Um, it's highly detailed, but it's got like a cartoony, yes, uh, caricature slant to it as well. But um, yeah, no, it, it, I love that. That whole that whole run's got something experimental about it as well, like because the art in like, that first six issues was really good as well, really sort of strong. So oh, absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so like the film yeah, thought... the radar, and it's it's yes. like you say it is. It's, it's one of those ones I visit. I actually visit quite a few times of um, yeah, because it's not mm-hmm. been collected. Well, it has been collected. But really, but weirdly, that the trade paperbacks go it's for very more hard than to the, find. Yeah, yes. they go they go for yeah. more than the than the single issues, which is bizarre. But so do you do you have the the floppies or do you have the trade paperbacks? Uh, no, I've, I've got the single issues. Yeah, so I've got the, okay. the ten issues. And re- well, recently I actually I actually downloaded the um, uh, the digital as well. So there was a mm-hmm. Moon Knight sale on Comicsology, so I was like, oh, that's the yeah. one to get. Um, Always. So yeah, yeah, always handy to have. Oh, look, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of uh, of the the hard copy form. You know, the the single mm. issues or or the trades as well. But it is always quite handy to have your your iPad or your smart tablet just filled up with digital comics because you can just chuck a load on there, and yeah. uh, it's very very easy to carry around. Yeah, well, I think one of the first times I came onto Into the Night and we talked about it was uh, for Desert Island Comics. Mm. Uh, you know, sort yeah. of Isle of Ra sort of comics and yes. Um, I I uh, brought um, the Warren Ellis Warren Ellis ish, uh, series issue uh, mm-hmm. four uh, the Dream issue Dream yeah um, and you know I've got it in floppy and I've got it in trade but mm-hmm. the, uh, Declan Shelby's art and Geordie Blair's colours oh. just pop on a digital screen oh. and you you can zoom in on details and you can do bits and it's yes oh, it's, just, it's the way to experience some of those comics I think. Yeah, do you with um on the on screen? Do you do guided view, or do you just read it more conventionally, like a like a page? Um, I do the guided view, but I, you know that you can have it where it just guided view and then shows you the page at the end, so you get sort of yes, yeah. Um, because yeah, because I think also with a lot of them, like if you get guided view, guided view is great, especially for novice. Mm. Like you say, you know, people sort of like say, oh, I want to I want to read comics. What's the best way? But I don't know how to follow panels. It's like well, yeah. Guided yeah. view is perfect, um, but you, you do miss that sometimes. Like artists have put some really good work into like the panel layouts and you know yeah. telling the story. Oh, abs- absolutely, and and the good thing, look, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, Moon Knight does seem to pop up every now and again. To me, he does. He just doesn't seem to go away. I mean, he mm. he is for all intents and purposes. A, uh, a lesser known character, um, you, you know, we loonies have been screaming for something on screen for a while, finally kind of getting something in, I believe 2022, 20, possibly, 
Uh, so there's still a while away. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's one. Of, he's one of those characters that uh, I guess the, the greater comic fan base are kind of curious about. Um, he he always tends to pop up, and you find in every one of his volumes. Like I think one of the best things about Moon Knight is that each of the volumes. I think they've got about nine volumes now, or ten, um, with different creative teams. Each of them are very different, um, and. Uh, and I think that's a great thing. You, you know, for some of the purists, it might be a bit harder um, to digest because, you know, My Moon Knight is the, you know, for instance, the yeah. Doug Mensch run or My Moon Knight is the Charlie Houston run. But, of course, you can say that. But really, if you look at it holistically, each and every volume is so different. Whenever we get something new, like uh, um, the the recent Max Bemis run, which had a very divisive kind of... Um, mm. Uh, acceptance uh, or, or reaction from comic book fans. Uh, when you get when you get that sort of reaction, you kind of have to have to take a step back and go, oh, hang on, actually, he's doing something different. That's no different from what everyone else was doing, you know, in the previous volumes. Uh, yeah, no, I totally so, agree. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. doing doing the episode I did last week, um, mm. you know, the sort of real getting into the to the the weeds sort of of some of the um, runs. Yes. I do agree that every run has got something to offer you know mm. and that even goes yes. for the fist of conchu which i think is sort of the bottom up you know and even and then the worst mm. of mark specter moon knight there's always something to yes. take from it um yeah. and when people do take you know like i said chances and try something new i mean um you know if we look at the sort of the two that seem to stand out and people seem to you know like you say we hear a lot about is i think the mm. second half of the bemis run and Max, uh, yes. Uh, yes, the second half of the Max Beamer run and the Michael uh, Brian Bendis run. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I have to admit, like, yeah, the, I, I can sort of see that I think the, the Beamer run went off the rails a little bit, you know. Yeah. Yep. But, but yeah, still, uh, yeah. there's still mm-hmm. some really good stuff in there. Like, when you, you find out about oh, the trauma absolutely. he suffered as a child, like, that issue of him yes. as just as a kid. Um, yes. And what's his name? The, the, the sort of the rabbi. Um, uh, um, Uncle Ernst. Yes, yeah, yeah, Uncle Ernst. Yeah, uh, you find it as like an immortal and all this other stuff. Like, there's some really interesting stuff in there. Like, the concepts yes. are great. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, um, that alone, you know, that origin um, is what Bemis has done. He's he's actually filled a gap. Mm. You know, in that part of Moon Knight's um, history and canon. Uh, and it it does have a, a you know um, it does kind of fit in there as well, um, because not much is known around that that time, um, and so him exposing the fact that his father Elias actually had some form of mental illness as well, uh, and also the trauma that he received um, with the the um, incidents with Uncle Ernst, uh, that kind of really is the orig- the the full explanation of his multiple identities or dissociative identity disorder uh, and it's very interesting yeah. because it's never really been tackled head on no and i think that's what I, there was so many things about that i mean you, you get and do you know what, for li- for listeners that are listening we are going straight in i, I just we've deep diving yeah. pretty <laughs> quick so you may want to sort of you know if you're going to keep up you may want to have wiki open somewhere <clears throat> but um, you know, in in the in the Jeff Lemire run, which to me is is up there as one of the best runs. Oh, um, uh, and s- sorry, Scott. Um, so by the way, can I just say your part one was absolutely brilliant. Um, oh, to thank you. A, 
Yeah, to be able to, I had a, a really good listen to it, and to be able to summarise everything um, quite succinctly, but to actually capture each of those, you know, volumes was was really good. So yeah, I, I remember what you're saying about the Lumi run. So sorry. No, I appreciate that. I have to admit, it took some editing because I mean, it, yeah, yeah. The, the original version I think was uh, would have been a bit longer, and I was like, this is this is going on. This is just me ranting and rambling about some of my favourite things. So, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I honestly think that Jeff Lemire run, the fourteen issue run, is not just good Moon Knight. It's a great comic. Like, it's one of those yeah. comics where the creative team utilised the comic medium for what it's yes. so good at. Um, you know, like the use of different artists, and not just different artists, yes. like amazing artists. Like Greg Smallwood is awesome, and then yes. to have him transition to like you know Frank, Francisco Francovia and mm-hmm. um, I can't James Stoko. James Stoko, yeah, and so yeah, brilliant. You, you, it's so well done. It's just fantastic comics, um, but it does yeah. leave that gap because in the, in that run, you go back and you understand that as a child he introduced or he he created the Stephen Grant persona. Yes. For whatever purpose, and you sort of get this illusion that he's, there's something wrong with his, with his, you know, with his dad and that sort of thing, but you're never yeah. sure like, well, what trauma or what caused that? That you know, was it a mental break mm. or was it just something that's in the family? And then so Beamer sort of filled that gap and said, oh no, no, there was something, or at least, or at least say, well, possibly this is what could have filled it. Like you know, there's this could be one of many things. Because um, yes. the Beamer uh, also uh, alludes uh, to his dad, be, uh, his his father, who's a rabbi. Uh, having those sort of mental breaks, doesn't he? Where he sort of just disappears into, the, you know, uh, looking into That's the true. distance, sort of thing. Yes, yeah. And actually, you've reminded me. Uh, if we are to, you know, hover around that period um, where Bemis did fill in the gaps, and going back to Mark's youth as well, uh, what Lemire I think has done quite interesting again to the history of Moon Knight is he's introduced Conchu like mm. in Mark's childhood, which. Mm. Previously, in the Mensch run, obviously, he, he, um, he stumbles across Conchu in the temple after being left for dead uh, by, by Bushman. We actually see, and this is interesting, I'd like to, to get your take on this as well, um, of the, the visage of Conchu uh, appearing in front of Mark. Now, look, Mark has not had, I'd imagine, at that early age, any, any run-ins or anything to do with Egyptian mythology. So... Um, yeah, I mean, how would you how would you explain this, Scott? It's, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I can't. I'll have to check mm. the issues again now. Because does he introduce himself as yep. Conchu? Because he introduce, he says like I'm an interdimensional being, doesn't he? Um, well, yeah, that that was that was it. The interdimensional being. That that's my kind of yeah thought of it. It's it's this um, thing of like because it's it's been because it comes down to the question of like is yep. is let's call him Conchu for for sake of being, but is Conchu mm-hmm. real? Yes. You know, is he um, is he a, a, an ancient Egyptian god? Is he an interdimensional being from the other void, or is he actually just a an aspect or a figment of um, Mark's mental health issues? Like it, it's yes. it's never fully um, gra- It's never been fully divulged, has it? But then Conchu's no. never not always really been there. I mean, you know, Conchu as a, yeah. as an entity really ha- is is a really modern thing. Um, yes, made popular with the Warren Ellis run, definitely with the that bird skull, the the, the boned um, armor kind of look. Yeah, um, but even before that, like the Houston run introduced. Um, well, the sort he, he's of got the Bushman, the... you know. Yes. Uh, the skinned face Bushman, which is awesome, but. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, he he does go back all the way to early volume one, Moon Knight. Mm. Um, I think about issue, I'm, I'm just pulling numbers out here, maybe issue three or four. It's where Mark is turning to the, the statue of Khonshu and... Um, and there seems to be there starts to be some sort of uh, real dependence on on Conchu at that early stage, and that's when yeah. I think Marlene and Samuels and all that are kind of going marks a bit, you know. And he yeah. gets really remember he gets really fixated on that statue that I think Midnight Man steals. Yeah. Hmm. So um, you know the, the embodiment of Conchu is kind of there, and to me that was the that's the first sign. Mm. Apart, apart, obviously, of the resurrection, um, you know, in, in Volume 1. But that's a first sign that Mark is ha- is having some sort of, um, I don't know what you'd call it, symbiotic relationship with with, with Conchu. Yeah, it's interesting because I mean, one of the things I mentioned in the last issue, in, um, in the last episode, in mm. issue 15 of that first run, um, there's almost like an essay written by Doug Munch about how he sees... Um, you know, the character of Mark Spector and Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. And he goes through all the personalities, you know, and he sort of lays them out. And he, the way he seems to see it, at least at that point, it's never really clear when he wrote this essay, but is that yeah. he's running away from Mark Spector. So he's almost, you know, he's running away from the sort of the, the sins of his past. And so mm-hmm. he's built these other characters, Stephen Grant and Jake Lockley, and even Moon yeah. Knight, to sort of like uh, as a redemptive figure. You know, to sort of to redeem him for the for his acts of the past, um, mm-hmm. but then, like you say, sort of this thing of Konshu coming in, it's it's like you say, it's um, they are disguises at that point. But in the, at the end of the essay, he actually says, and I'm throwing, I'm, I'm putting through the ring and all sort of stuff, and basically everything, mm-hmm. you know, to but you know, he's still sane. And even then, you're yeah. thinking, but I've read your previous issues. <laughs> <laughs> And it's clear yeah. that the, even in those first couple of issues, as you say, like there's a couple yes. of hints where Marlene's like, even Marlene's saying to him, like, I, I'm struggling with this. Like, you come in yes. as Jake, you leave as Stephen, or you come in as Stephen and you leave as Jake. Mm-hmm. And and he's like d- deep in character because, like, you know, his, his uh, dialogue changes and his, you know, yeah. not just his clothes. And the way he calls her, like, babe or doll when he's Jake Lockett. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And um, yep. you're thinking, man, this is method. Like, you know, even da- right, da- mm. um, Daniel Day-Lewis would probably be struggling with this kind of... <laughs> so, yeah, yeah the, the, that level of sort of sanity and mental health issues is is, is clearly about from the off. Um, yes. Sorry, you mean... Sorry, what do you mean? Um, so I, mean that's a, I think like that thought you say about the dependency, it's almost like... Um, yes. Yeah, Conchu is there, but like I say, you know, is he... I still sometimes struggle to see if him as a real entity, as a, as a, yeah. as a god oh. or intuition, because it's sort of like it's, oh, yeah, it's something he's created almost as a as a like you say as a depend almost as an excuse, you know, to, to yes. justify what he's doing. Um, yeah. And I, think, I love the way that's been bandied around since. Yeah, um, a couple of things that uh, again that you've raised, I think, is really quite interesting. Number one, this guilt um, that you said that mentioned has stated that Mark has for the sins of the past. Um, it's raised in the Bemis run, the latest run, mm. which is really cool. There's that conversation on the boat ride to the Isle of Ra. Um, I think he's talking to the truth uh, on, the, on that boat. Um, and he mentions about how guilty he feels about all the blood he shed. Um, but I think also with that, that aspect of his character, it's not explored enough. Um, 
as the you know the prime motivator of why he is Moon Knight. I mean, Moon Knight has a lot of different aspects to him. You know, he's got the the multiple personalities or the identities. He has this link with Egyptian mythology and Khonshu. Um, you know, he has this um, now he has this Mister Knight kind of street detective noir kind of look mm. he's got the supernatural there's so many different aspects to him and i feel it's it's been lost along the way but i think it's a very um integral part of his character the fact that he is running away from mark specter you, you know mark specter is he has formed these other identities he actually becomes moon knight because of what he's done in the past and he, what what he wants to change and yeah and i don't think we see that well enough in a lot of his um a lot of the run um with your other point about um this ambiguity with conchu and i think that's the part of the beauty of of moon knight and um and his relationship with conchu unfortunately though uh uh have you you've read the moon knight annual haven't you the latest one um mm. scott yeah um and i can't remember where else i'm but it seems to me the way that Conchu is portrayed now seems to be like it's a given that he's is an established god in yeah. that in that annual at least, which is a little bit deflating to me because uh, it, it it takes away the mystique of of this whole thing of Conchu. I love the um, I love the take that Lemire had about this interdimensional being. Um, to yes. me, that yeah, I mean, it reminds me um, similar to the way that Stanley handled. Thor, you know, right? So Thor in our in our world and in our history is the god of thunder, but you know, in um, uh, you know, finger quotes. Mm. Uh, realistically, though, he's actually an alien from Asgard. You know, he came he came down to Earth thousands of years ago. The Vikings um, Vikings worshipped him as a god, and he became a god in our eyes. Mm. But and, and I like that kind of that parallel with Conchu. Conchu could potentially be seen as the same thing. He's he probably came down to Egypt, worshipped by the ancient Egyptians. But he's an interdimensional. Um, what is he? Because he mentions in the Lumiere run that it's not only him that the other gods as well they come looking well, for vessels. Yeah, in, that was it. I mean, he said, yeah, yeah, he basically yeah. explains that the pantheon of mm. Egyptian Egyptian gods. Are mm. all these interdimensional beings, and as you mm. say, they all—they all basically—that's what you can sort of like surmise from it. Is yes. they came down to Earth in ancient Egyptian times, and they did—they took on vessels and avatars and all that kind of thing. Yes, and people worship them as gods, and that's where you get like you know Ra and, and Khonshu and uh, Anubis yeah. and all these others. Um, and I love that idea. I thought that was mm. great, and I really thought that was going to stick. And as you say, now, yeah, they have sort of smoothed a little bit more towards him being uh, like an established god. Um, mm. I mean, to throw, to throw it in there, but what did you think of the latest annual? Because the other thing that seemed to come up that I, I've ummed and ahed about and was sort of alluded to in the Bemis room, but almost as a joke, yes, is, the, is Moon Knight avatars throughout history. Oh, the legacy character, the, this whole mm. thing. Yeah. Um at first, when it was when it was shown in the Bemis uh, run, um, mm. I think it was issue one ninety, perhaps. Um, I was a bit off put by it, you know, because mm. we have the likes of Black Panther, we have Iron Fist, we've got Ghost Rider. They all seem to be legacy, you know, characters. Yeah. Um, and Mark Spector is so unique because he has these multiple identities, and he was chosen by Conchu. Now the fact that now they're saying. 
um, Mark is just one of the whole lineage of, of, of Moon Knights. It kind of, I think, lessens the spectacularness of, of, mm. of him being Moon Knight. But at the same token, and one of the loonies did raise this as well, um, out of all the ages, why did Conchu wait until 1975 to choose this guy to be the yeah. Avatar? You know what I mean? So surely during the thousands of years, he would have been picking, you know, someone to be an avatar of vengeance it's a title isn't it like the spirit of vengeance so yeah, it kind of makes yeah. sense yeah. It's, and, and i'd like i like the idea though if they are going to explore this in the comics and and mm. when we get onto our rampant speculation in a little bit i think it's something <laughs> they will do is yeah. i like the idea is like so if you go back especially to like the wild west one or mm. um there's an idea that there's one that's like a gladiator and stuff like that yeah like, yeah Okay, are those other are those people back? Were they sort of like broken warriors? Are they? Is Moon Knight yeah. this idea of vengeance? Is it always a redemptive story with these like bad mm. guys that were given a second chance? Like I like that idea that that's what Konshu seeks out. That's quite interesting. Um, yeah, definitely, that is because you, you, I mean Konshu, the way he's being portrayed, always kind of looks like a shady character, right? Mm. So he'd be going for shady people, and Mark, for all intents and purposes, was quite shady, being a mercenary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that would that would be pretty interesting to actually see. You know, other stories similar to the Immortal Iron Fist. You know, where we got stories of the past Iron Fists in that Fraction run. Um, mm. To actually to have decent, well told stories of, of some of the older Moon Knights. That would be fun. Yeah, I think you could. There's, you know, if they are going to go down that route, then it's a really interesting. Yeah, he's almost like because he's almost like the anti Iron Fist. I mean, like, cause Iron Fist is about having that. You know, uh, a purity of spirit and becoming the, sort of the pinnacle of your art. And Moon Knight yes. is basically about being, just being like, basically broken enough <laughs> mm. that, oh, that you know you can you can take on these things. Um, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I do like the idea of it because well, the other thing as well is to say about Konshu and, and this link with both history and fantasy is he's mm-hmm. going to be included in a Conan. The Barbarian yeah. miniseries. Yeah. The Serpent <laughs> War. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Um, yeah, I, I would love to hear your thoughts about this as well. Um, if, but if you look at the uh, the synopsis or whatever, the blurb for it, mm. it does kind of make sense. Like, mm. um, So someone actually asked me as well, this Serpent War, would it include the Serpent Crown? And uh, uh. Mm, Because Ooh. the Serpent Crown... Is actually part of Set, the god of chaos, which yes. is also an Egyptian Egyptian god, basically kind of like the the dark side, and uh, and he was a um, main main the main antagonist to Amun Ra, which was the sun god, and in real Egyptian mythology, um, Khonshu fell under the umbrella of of the sun king as well. Yeah. So Set was was an, a direct. Um, opponent or rival to to Konshu. So, yeah, I mean, would we see the Serpent Crown featured in the Serpent War? I don't know. It is one of those things, isn't it? There's so many um, Mm. aspects of the Marvel Universe. And now you've got, like you say, the Hyperion Age as well that you can sort of tap into. There is so much there. Yeah, it was one of those things where I saw the art and I thought, thought, okay, well, they've announced, you know, the, the... the TV show, I saw the, I don't know if it was which came first, but I remember seeing it and thinking, okay, there's a yeah. lot coming up. Jason Aaron said he's going to be enjoying, you know, including him in, in an Avengers run and this other stuff. And I was like, yes. so are they going to raise his profile? And when I saw he was involved with Conan, I was like, oh, they're going to shoehorn it in. And then as I, as I said, <laughs> yeah, when I that's read, true. And mm. when I read, when I read the synopsis, I was like, 
actually, I quite like this. This sounds like it could be really interesting. Mm. They my are. Well, they concern... are. Go on. Yes, sir. No, oh, my sorry. only concern is of late, and uh, we're going to get to damnation. Um, oh. Moon Knight's use in certain team books hasn't been great. Yeah. So, I'm I'm hoping it's a good a good writer, and and you know they take him. They read some of the history and don't just make him the Deadpool of the group as they did with Damnation. Oh God, no! I hope not. Have they released the creative team for that? Was it? I could be wrong. Was it Jim Zub? I could be wrong. Possibly. Um, I remember Jim Zub being on it. He made, yeah. So, because I would be, I would be actually quite happy. I, I mean, I think Jim Zub's a very solid writer. Um, mm. Having said that. Donny Cates is as well, but look what happened in Damnation. Um, mm. So it depends on how much vested interest they have in the character. Um, I think, look, one of the things as well is Marvel are putting a, a heap load of confidence in, in Conan. They're really pushing mm. him. I'm actually wondering whether he's getting a film or something because they've released numerous titles and spin-off titles from Conan. Um, he's been featured in The Avengers. He's now got this mini-series with Moon Knight, uh, he seems to be really in the Marvel spotlight at the moment, um, and as you say, yeah, this 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 age that Marvel can tap into is absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, I guess like you, I'm just hoping that he's treated well because that Damnation run with Moon Knight was massively, I felt, disappointing as yeah. a whole. Mm. Yeah, it really um, was. Yeah, uh, every everything like well. Everything non-Moon Knight, like the the Doctor Strange issues and the Iron Fist issues, I, I felt were pretty good. That one mm. Ghost Rider issue was very good. The core books, though, for me, were terrible. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it was interesting. Yeah. It was an interesting concept, and it was clear, like yeah. you, you know, it's quite interesting. It's been setting up the the, the you know some yes. major conflict for Ghost Rider and some other bits and pieces. So that I'm actually mm-hmm. quite looking forward to. Like the, the the Ghost Rider series that's coming up later this year looks good. Yes, but yeah, Moon oh, Knight yeah. did not. Did did not come out of it looking solid. Not at all. If you put him side by side with Mister Knight from the Warren Ellis run, those are mm. two very different characters, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, the, I think the yeah. the, the Mister Knight from the Warren Ellis run would probably just beat him up. To be perfectly yeah, honest, I think so. I think so. Just find anything like a Bregan Street sign and just pummel him with it. I don't yeah, know. yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But this, yeah. I do think they are pushing these characters, and they seem to be sort of it's it's serving yeah. this thing of like you know what are they going to do with him? And mm-hmm. it's it's funny because um, some people I know again have asked me pretty much since since the last episode came out, sort of like you know what are your thoughts on what they're going to do with mm. uh, the TV show and what's coming next and you know, the the things they've yeah. mentioned, and you know which where should I start reading? Which is something we'll get into soon. But ah um, oh, yes. One of the weird things that sort of, you know, when you go to look at some of the characters that have been built up in the MCU and even in the, the DC universe recently, um, mm-hmm. they've got such a wealth of background. Everything from like Cap, Iron Man, Thor, you've got like decades worth of, of material. Yes. Um, and sort of like periods where sort of, you know, they, they, those are characters have sort of become established. Like Cap is Cap. Like, you know, he sort of, yeah. whoever writes him, there's a very sort of strong um, ethic that runs through it. And the same with the others, but with Moon Knight, like you could, like you could with Moon Knight, you could literally write sort of a light-hearted, you know, kind of thing. You could do a, like a superhero romp kind of sort of thing if you mm-hmm. wanted, or you could do like the darkest sort of mm. kind of superhero film you wanted to do. Like you could go full horror if you wanted, 
Yes. Um, yeah, that was yeah, that was one of my first um, fantasies. Was if ever we were going to get a Moon Knight movie or a TV show, I reckon to set it like as a horror film. I think that would have been just brilliant. Like, um, because it's really hard. Sorry, sorry to just um, derail your your, um, your thoughts there, Scott. No, no, no. But no, it's totally it's true. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you know, it is. You can't. You can be anything. Yeah. I'd love to see him as a horror film, as a sort of, because um, mm. that's where they can separate him. That's where they can make him different. And um, yeah. yeah, one of the things is I've been reading like over the last few years. I've been reading a lot of like early like weird fiction. So sort of um, mm-hmm. Arthur Mackin, uh, Lovecraft, um, uh, you know, sort of ro- early Robert Block, all this other stuff. And there's all these mm-hmm. tales in there that sort of like you know hint of sort of like. Um, Hidden cults and you know monsters and creatures that sort of mm. exist, and that's a you know and Ellis's run has a couple, a bit of that as well, uh, and it's alluded to elsewhere. Yes. And I just think oh, I'd love to sort of really go into that idea of the, you know the protector of night travellers and get into the weird, yes. like you know not not just a proper horror, but like weird stuff, like you know proper like cults and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And Bemis even had some of that with with Ernst and and his crew of of I suppose cannibals. I think they were you know weren't they really? Um, oh yes, the the the, with the French, like the Society of Sadists, yeah, uh, and stuff like yeah, that. I think yeah. Yeah, that's weird and that's quite cool. I mean, again, it's a it's a you know a, a double edged sword. Like the concept is really good, the handling it wasn't yes. spot on. But um, yeah, yeah. I don't. Know what are your thoughts? What would you, what would you what would you do? What are your thoughts on what we could do with him? Yeah. I mean, I like I like that idea as well. I mean, again, I, I was just recently reading the Volume One um, Doug Mensch run. It was issues twenty nine and thirty, and that involves a satanic cult mm. as well. Um, and they are trying to raise the beast of the apocalypse or something, which is actually what they're really doing is they're trying to capture Jack Russell, who who's out yeah. and about running as a werewolf. So it's a pretty cool, pretty cool tale. Um, I, I love this. Yeah, I, I. I I dig what you're saying, Scott. I love this kind of groove that Moon Knight hits with um, just the a little little bit of dark, just what you know the everyday Joe citizen would not be privy to. Mm. Just these things that occur, you know, while we all sleep at night. Um, I but I'd also like to see a very, I'd like to see a supernatural take. I mean, we haven't had that for a while. Um, oh man, I'm just I'm saying this right now, but like a million thoughts are running in my head because there's so many different things yeah. that you can actually do, right? Um, so I'm already thinking of the cosmic, the other void. I love that as well. But let's just say the supernatural. I, lo- I love the um, the connection that Moon Knight has with, you know, right bare bones, right at the very beginning with Jack Russell and the werewolf. And uh, I-, I love um, the fact Moon Knight used to, to wear a lot of silver. He doesn't mm. these days. Um, it's now like either carbonadium or adamantium or, you know, some other indestructible material. Um, but, yeah, I like that I like that, that horror vibe. Um, so have him fight, you know, some creatures of the night, um, I, th- I think would be really fun. Um, yeah. But, yeah, again, having said that, though, Scott, I mean, I could easily say I would love uh, a noirish kind of Mr. Knight, um, you know, seedy underbelly of the city um, with him catching up with detective flint and going through you know some cases that no one wants to take or something like that yeah you know there's just so many possibilities for moon yeah those sort of dark cases like you say that nobody really Mm. wants to take on i mean i think yeah that's that's a character that sort of again you know when you see uh, pictures of of, uh, detective flint everyone's a bit like oh it's commissioner gordon and uh you know you get those you get those comparisons it's 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 so not um you know but 
I, I do like this idea. Yeah, well, he's, he's not a commissioner. Yeah, so. for a start, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I like this idea of, like, say that, you know, the, the Moon Knight sort of picks up the stuff that even, you know, like, um, like you say, he's, he's, I always think of him closer to sort of the world of Doctor Strange than to, you know, the, yeah. the, the rest of the, the Marvel Universe. And there was a, was it Marvel Presents number four recently? Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the very short run. Uh, the very short, oh, yes. short yep. sort of story. I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was fantastic, yes. and uh, there were things like the. I mean, you know, the the way that the art was used, sort of to depict um, one artist, but it still used the, the this idea of uh, the art changing slightly mm-hmm. to depict dream versus reality. Um, but yeah. then also, like you didn't get to learn much about it. But the, there was a uh, a, a professor. A, Professor or someone archaeologist, and he had like a red eye carved into his mm-hmm. forehead, and there was like some something was yeah. utilizing that to get into our world to then go off and kill people, and it was clear that there was yeah. some sort of Egyptian uh, connection there because it was calling on Mark and all this stuff. I thought that's great. Mm-hmm. That's what I really like. This thing is influencing people and around it. It's doing this and that. Like that felt like a uh, to me. It felt like a a short story, like a weird short story. Like oh, I've just dropped Moon Knight in this yeah. weird short story, and he's, he's going to go off and beat people up. I, I loved that the yep. feel of that. I thought it was great. Oh, the tone of it was was really good. Um, I, we reviewed it on the on our show, and we thought the main thing that it suffered from was that it was just too short. Yeah. I mean, it had us, you know, wanting more. And I think Benjamin Percy, who wrote it, he did a a fantastic job in in kind of um, he he really paid respects. I think to the character with it. Mm. I mean, he didn't. It's not like he referenced a lot of the past runs and stuff. But he actually, I think he got the character and he got the tone, um, especially with that kind of dark, um, you know, slightly ambiguous. But then you have that that fight scene as he goes up the stairs mm. um, to that um, convalescence. Was it? Uh, home? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Shady Acres. Yeah. Uh, and it was just really, really good. Yeah, the the artist as well, um, Ferreira. Uh, mm. He he was really good. Um, uh, yeah, but it was just too damn short. I thought. I thought. Yeah, it was a real teaser, um, wasn't it? Yeah, it, was, oh, it's, it's be, it was a very big tease. Um, yeah. So let's let's go back. But I mean, let's, let's, uh, before we sort of you know let's, let's try and take a little trip back there. So yeah. let's let's look at his early stuff. Sure. So. Mm-hmm. I, I um I really like the the. The, the Doug Munch run. If you start from sort of issue one, I think a lot mm. of that sort of first run is really solid. Like you know, you still get you get you get some bits and pieces in there because it's thirty eight issues, so it's not all going to be grade A. Mm. But pre yep. pre that, what what do you recommend yes. for people? Pre the pre the volume one run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, for sure. Uh, definitely, definitely check out the, if not just purely for the, the early Sienkiewicz art, uh, the Hulk magazine, mm. um, the run there, which, um, so there were, that was a magazine that came out uh, and obviously it's all to do with the Hulk. Um, but what they wanted to do was to couple that with a totally contrasting character. So they, they have um, some Moon Knight back backstories and you get some really you get a very nice diverse range there um one of the um the shining i think moments there for me is when mark um goes up against his brother or the hatchet man mm. so someone who apparently was claimed that he was a brother that i think they retconned that uh, but um randall specter with the the halloween mask and the pajama bottoms um really really dark stuff it, it'll give you a nice um a nice um I guess overview of 
what Moon Knight has to deal with. And I think even one of the issues um, follows Moon Knight um, as he kind of uh, patrols the midnight hours, you know, of the night and the early morning. So it's a really nice... Um, yeah, they're, they're a really good series as well. Uh, other than that, I mean, I'm just trying to not pick the obvious ones as well. Uh, I did enjoy the... Um, Oh, there was actually a Marvel. Uh, it wasn't Marvel Spotlight, was it? Um, oh damn! I'm, I'm sorry, first, I, I haven't got the. Yeah, uh, his, his first uh, solo appearance was, but there's Marvel Marvel Preview Twenty One. Uh, that's yeah, the one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Marvel Preview Twenty One. Yeah, that was a brilliant. That was a really nice story. The art is fantastic mm. in that. Um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd recommend definitely Marvel, Marvel Preview Twenty One and uh, the Hulk magazines. How about you? How about yourself? No, I was going to say they're they're my go to really because I I do like. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so the yeah. you know um, his sort of that Marvel spotlight his first solo appearance following sort of Werewolf by Night and then mm-hmm. you know he appears in the Defenders and then he interacts with Spider Man and the Thing and and some others. Yep. And it's weird. I mean, even the last the last episode, I sort of say so. His first appearance in that sort of uh, Marvel spotlight, the, the two issues with Conquer Lord, they're all right, mm-hmm. and they sort of you get you know you get the gist of what they're trying to do with the character, but they feel yep. so incredibly Silver Age. They do, don't they? Yeah. And that's part part of the fun. Is it's just yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. Um, because you know, if you if you get a modern reader to read that now, the story is just absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. But but you've got to have fun with those oh, sorts of comics, though. And, and yeah. as you say, yeah, the Silver Agey kind of um, nod is pretty yeah. pretty cool. But but I do think that sort of because it's collect as well as, as a countdown to dark, uh, and that collects all the Hulk magazines mm-hmm. that, and mm-hmm. that Marvel preview uh, story. And it's um, it's almost like sort of Monch and uh, Sinkovich are given free reign. They're almost like, okay, you've got this many yes. pages, you know, we like the character, do something. And it is literally them just mm-hmm. experimenting. Like, you know, the thing they're like, okay, yes. well, well, what about this with the character? What about that with the character? Like, you know, the, and I, I do feel yeah. like uh, Monch is trying to make up for some of his previous appearances a little bit. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think. Def- yeah. I think definitely. Mench is um, trying to. I think he's, he's. You can almost, you know, argue the fact that he's trying to figure out himself yeah. what, what he wants to do with Moon Knight. There are so many ideas that he's got. Um, you know, the thing with being bitten by a werewolf early on, then introducing Egyptian mythology. He, he really hadn't hadn't settled in, on anything for a long while, um, but. Uh, yeah, um, I think a lot of uh, it's it's interesting because uh, a lot of uh, Mench's um, writing, you can see the development. Mm. Like he towards the end is very lyrical, very poetic, um, and and I really love the way he writes. Um, the earlier runs, especially like the ones in the Hulk magazine and uh, and that Marvel preview twenty one, they are good in their own right. But what I find um, Mench tends to do is that um, he devises a plot. A rather straightforward plot, and he almost overpopulates it with with um, characters, yeah. and uh, so you get a lot of a lot of movement happening, a lot of things that are going on on the side while the main thing goes. Um, but if you really distill it, it's it's a very simple kind of plot. Um, but he keeps it interesting, I guess, by introducing characters. And where he falls flat, I think, is when some of those characters 
aren't that interesting, mm. you know what I mean, mm. or they're quite forgettable. Um, but for me, that's a very typical early early mensch. Um, but at the same token, he's trying to find his way through. Yeah, I guess what he wants to do. And sorry, and sorry as well, Scott. Um, what I want to mention that you're saying earlier on about them having free reign. So Doug Mensch has said as well. So around that time, um, those were um, direct to to comic shop editions. Um, so typically, comics back in those days were on the news uh, newsstands and you know easily accessible. Uh, those ones were apparently made more towards mature readers, um, and they were given uh, more pages to, mm. to do. So I think they were like 27 pages long and less ads, so even even longer. So they had a lot more, a lot more of a canvas to work with. Um, they got to stretch, push the boundaries because they were allowed to aim it towards mature audiences, and uh, and they were allowed to do that because it was exclusive to, to shops, specialty shops. Cool. I didn't realise that. That's, that's, that yeah, mm. so that's what explains sort of, you know, yeah. why they, were, they had that bit more free reign. Um, yes. I like the thing is about the character, you know, him trying things. Cause I think with uh, with Munch as well, he really, he doesn't want to give you the sort of the easy character. You know, sort of, I mean, Mark Spectrum himself mm. isn't an easy character. Um, no. But uh, the the one that springs to mind the most is like stained glass uh, Scarlet. You know when when she's mm. when she's first introduced and she's killing off all these mobsters. I mean she's a little bit uh, huntress and you, you know and you sort of, you can think that. And then okay. and, and they they, they yeah. talk about things like she says about her, her the gangsters that took her son away and you think oh well he must be killed, and then you find it's completely mm-hmm. not that actually he is still alive. No, it's the fact that they yeah. sort of corrupted him to a life of crime, and that she she, she has this past of, of being a nun and, and, and you know wanting them to leave to be an actress mm-hmm. and other stuff. It's like she's a fascinating character, like you know. And, and oh, I'm not going to spoil the end of that that issue, no. but the decision she then makes is is you know is incredible. Oh yeah, she's one of the most I guess mysterious and yeah, as you say, fascinating characters in the Moon Knight canon, just because. She seems to have this tenuous relationship with Moon Knight as well. Again, it's never really explained. Um, it's almost as if they're, for want of a better term, they're kind of like kindred spirits or something. Mm. Um, they seem to have some sort of connection. She pops up again in, in Mark Spector Moon Knight in the in the 90s, um, written by J.M.D. Mateus and equally as ambiguous and... Uh, mysterious as her her in the uh, the mensch run so um very very interesting character i either read up on her once on wiki um she she does get a bit of a, a little bit more of a role outside of moon knight uh but not much as well oh, where else, where else, um, she, where else she appeared i can't remember what issues but she led like a band of like um, what you say in, in Mark Spector Moon Knight, like like hooded assassins, oh. and uh, yeah, she's just ca- causing havoc. I'm not sure even if she she died at the end of that, but yeah, she does pop up um, somewhere else. Yeah, because there are those characters yeah. obviously return to. I mean, we, we were going to get into let's get onto our wild speculation in a minute about what the future holds. Again. <laughs> but one of the things I find interesting, and it, it again, it, it sort of struck me um, when I was writing the last episode. Was uh, and it, it sort of it's been it's become a stronger it, well it becomes a part of Mark's character it sort of comes and goes is the fact that like you say his dad is a rabbi so so Mark's better is you know he's Jewish mm-hmm. uh, he is of Jewish descent um, yet he is the avatar of an Egyptian god um, mm. which really sort of has some sort of intrinsic sort of issues with it obviously we you know we obviously know about 
yeah. Jews being led out of Egypt and all this other stuff. So, you know, in biblical mm. history. So, but no one's ever dealt with that. <laughs> like, it's one of those things that no, I thought no, I no. thought would be like a really easy thing. I was like, when it struck me when I was writing, I was like, no, yeah, no one's ever addressed this thing. Like, Mark's never turned around and been like, you, you, you know, wait a minute, I'm a slave to an Egyptian god. And it's sort of that's like, true. Oh, that's a that's a meaty topic that no one's ever sort of. I don't know, that did, is, yeah. Dare oh my to gosh, get onto. You're right. Um, <laughs> I don't know what your thoughts are on that. that. It was just um, it was just something that struck me. <laughs> no, I, I mean you've 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 uh, struck me as well with that. I mean I've I've never really considered that as well. But yeah, yeah, absolutely spot on. I mean that's um that's really meaty. We we know though that um I think because of his relationship with his father that he has. I, th- I think he has turned his back on mm. on his uh, on Judaism, um, so I guess you could say then that him ex- being accepting of Conchu and stuff is, is kind of like the final nail in in the coffin of him, um, you know, turning back on his faith. Yeah. Um, and and apparently what I read or heard about in the Serpent War, which is coming up in December, which we mentioned features Conan. Uh, it also features a couple of other um, Richard E. Howard, I think that's yeah. his name, the creator of Conan. Yeah. Um, Solomon. Yeah. Solomon Cain yeah. and and Dark Agnes and Solomon Cain. I, I can't remember who the writer was. Let's call him Jim Zub because mm. <laughs> there was an interview with him, and uh, he said, "Yeah, I found it absolutely fascinating. You have on one hand you have Moon Knight who has turned his back on his faith, and you have Solomon Cain who was this Puritan, you know." Um, Christian, I think is a Christian yes, yeah. <laughs> um, character. So for them to play off each other um, was apparently just um, it was a field day for the writers. Oh, so uh, yeah, it'll be yeah. very interesting to see. Well, so, so, yeah, Solomon Kane's Cain, a fascinating character. I mean, the, the, the film uh, there was a film recent, not too recent, probably about 10, 12 years ago, but um, that I think mm-hmm. was was underrated. It's a very good film. But if you go back and read the stuff by Robert E. Howard. The idea is that he was mm-hmm. he's a former adventurer and sort of pirate and a real sort of like scumbag that has turned his back uh-huh. on it for whatever reason and is now become this sort of like puritanical um, Christian sort of out there fight, yeah. fighting evil and that was his idea again it was very much that sort of like the wandering stranger as much as Conan was like you know he could wander in and out yes. of adventures and and, and uh, Solomon Cain's similar. But it's set in England. So, wow. so Solomon Cain is set in sort of like England around the Somerset and uh, the southern uh-huh. part of the country. But yeah, that's it. But he fights all these dark... like so Solomon Cain fights some really dark things. And that's all about like... Uh, yeah, uh, I think one of the stories, he literally fights sort of like zombies or you know, skeletons and dark spirits. Cool. And that. So it's... A, yeah, I mean, it's... it's um, the books are actually quite good. Um, they're worth seeking okay. out. So yeah, when they, when they have that against... Um, like Moon Knight and Conan. I mean, even though I said that the mm. interaction with Conan would be quite interesting, I don't know much about that. Yeah, Agnes, exactly. But yeah, no, I think I don't know. It's uh... yeah, he's got a very good, he's got a very nice aesthetic as well. Mm. Solomon Kane. I love his name and his aesthetic is is pretty pretty dark and and I think it's pretty cool. It's very you know old old fashioned, but um, it, it looks pretty good. Uh, so yeah, be interested to see that. But no, that's a that's a fascinating point that you raised there, yeah. Scott, with um <laughs> with Moon Knight and the Egyptians. No, for sure. Um, so are we speculating about? Let's, yeah, let's um, get onto the TV show and stuff in the future. So what? Mm. What? What? Sorry again, yeah, Scott. It. <laughs> keep on, keep on budding. Um, but I, I just wanted to say that one of the great things about this announcement for the TV show, Scott, is that 
we will no doubt be getting down the track a comic book run mm. this is what excites me just as much of moon knight um dare i say a few more collected trade paperbacks of something or a hardcover how good would it be to get a collection of um of mark specter moon knight mm. finally you know uh, i know you mentioned that in uh, in part one of uh, your moon knight yeah. um overview but yeah no it's um so i'm, I'm just excited um about how marvel will market moon knight in the lead up to to the tv show yeah oh i know i agree i think that you know um mm. more toys more merchandise definitely collections yes some of that more stuff. toys I mean, yeah the epic run yeah like, you know the epic collections has, has literally just gone up to it's funny like I say everything that's been collected has always been collected so <clears throat> the epic collections mm. just got up to the end of the, the first volume um yes and, you know very much sort of where the um the essential collection sort of i think the essential collections also collected fist of Konshu uh in that third yes. volume so yeah then like yeah it's the mark specter moon knight has never been collected and i i don't mm. i don't know why it's really bizarre um <laughs> yeah a lot of people who are interested in moon knight haven't been able to actually plunge into the beauty and the ugliness of Mark Spector Moon Knight. Um, um, And I feel sorry for them, and they definitely should, so we need a collection. It's not even on Comixology. It's not even on Comixology. No, I know. I think there's like five issues on there, and the the issues are the ones that sort of link up with major crossovers. So you get like the Infinity, Mm. uh, whatever, and Uh, and that sort of thing. Yes. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, that run... He's got some really high highs and some incredibly low lows, but uh, oh my gosh, you, yeah, you're you're talking about the um in that in the part one yeah. um, about a uh, Seth Falcon, yeah. Falcon and yeah. uh, Spectacore. Oh, that the end towards the end with the Stephen Platt, um, you know his art as well. Uh, you know I understand a lot of people love it as well. It's it's an acquired taste, I, I reckon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, towards the end of that Moon Knight, Mark Spector Moon Knight run, it gets it gets a little weird. Doesn't it, it does. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Um, yeah, Tom Cavanaugh, Tony Cavanaugh, sort of wrote it. It's mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a it's a little bit yeah iffy. I mean, the thing with the art is um, like Steve, Stephen Platt's one of these artists that sort of you know he was he was a yes. big '90s artist. Like this is the thing, like you know, and the, <laughs> there's a category of like '90s artists and. Um, yeah. yeah, it's some of the positions and sort of the postures he puts him in like are clearly like physically not possible, and they look awkward <laughs> and uncomfortable. And, and the, yeah. the design is, it, it, I'm, you know what, I've got it in front of me. I've got issue. I'm reaching for it now. I've got issue um, fifty six in front of me. And, okay. um, is that the Infinity Crusade or no? No, no it's uh, it's uh, it's. I've got no. a signed issue. I've got a Stephen Platt signed issue. Yeah, so, oh. yeah. I picked it up. Uh, oh wow! Yeah. Jeez. And um, the the art on the cover is really good. Like it's actually look. You know, it's one of the mm. weird ones, but it's actually not too bad. But you know, you get the sort of Marvel Comics cover image in the corner. Mm. I, yes. I, the Moon Knight in the middle in that. Is, I don't know how you would get thighs or arms that thick, <laughs> and how you would walk. It's it's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> too much steroids. That's it, yeah, yeah, too much steroids. That's it. It's ridiculous, <laughs> and it does. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of. Yeah. As I said in the last in the, the last episode, mm. I think it gets up to about issue thirty, and it's fine. It's pretty good. You get like Chuck Dixon's yeah. got some good adventure stuff in there. The art's yes. pretty good. Yeah, and then it just goes yeah. to pop. <gasps> 
<laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't mind, um, having said that as well, when you mentioned it, I don't mind Blood Brothers, which is the, mm. the, the Punisher Randall Spectre. Um, that, I think that's in the second half of, of uh, the 60-issue run. I thought that was okay. I mean, it's, it was very kind of 90s like, kind of written, mm. but um, there were some pretty cool action scenes, and Punisher's always fun. To, it's yeah. always fun to see them both kind of be at loggerheads. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a collection of Mark Spectre Moon. Anyone listening who's interested... Talking about recommendations, you've got to hunt this down somehow. Yeah. And just for the mere the mere novelty to read this nineties run. It's the longest run. Longest run yeah, of Moon Knight. Issues. Um, yeah, yeah. So far. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so it had something was going right. Yeah. I mean the, the one there's an issue and I can't remember for the life of which one it is. because um, mm. again I've got I've got a complete run of it, so I one day I'm, I'm gonna go back and I might read it if it's not collected soon. Put myself through it. Yeah. Um, but there's an, there's, a, there's an issue where he goes through like different or, uh, alternate universe versions of Moon Knight. Yes. And you get like a version yes. that's a take of like 1966 Batman, and you get like a Dark Knight version. Yes. And you get some other version. It's really like weird, but quite good. So weird. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. That that was during the um, Infinity War crossover. So that's it. Um, I think. Yeah, they go through the multiverses because uh, Sh- uh, what's his name? Not Shadow Knight. Nightshade, Nightshade, Moonshade, Moonshade, which is the doppelganger, doppel, yeah, doppelganger of Moon Knight. And for those who know Infinity War, every hero got their doppelganger, evil doppelganger. So Moon Knight got Moonshade. Anyway, to to chase him, they they traverse the multiverse, and uh, yeah, you get some really um, Dino Moon Knight or something. There was a, a dinosaur that was um, that was a, a Moon Knight um, avatar. It was really funny. Yeah, really it's, funny. I mean, there's some interesting concepts in there, and it's again, you know, Beamist yeah. did something sort of uh, similar and, and you know just as much fun. I think in you know in the late part of his run, and you got like Frog Knight and some other bits and pieces that were quite good. So yes, oh that's right. Um, you got Liefeld Moon Knight, which yeah. was a, yeah. or or Stephen Platt Moon yeah. Knight, yeah, one or the other. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, so there's been some some good bits, and you know, I, I can't wait for yeah. all to be collected. It you know, we'll get in color yes. and, and all that kind of stuff. So oh, yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, so but it's going to lead up to the TV show. But what are your thoughts on what mm-hmm. they can do with um, a TV show? Like where could and this is just remember this is Disney Plus. So I know, yeah. Um, I don't know. the The possibility is endless. The first thing, the first thing you can go to is because um, I believe it's, it's going to be a six to eight episode season. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I've heard. Um, so you know, a bit more produced, a uh, higher production for each of the episodes, um, which is good. Uh, so we'll get some really good quality in that run. Okay, um, you can either get the origin. They'll go through the origin of, of Moon Knight. Um, for maybe half, if not the whole thing, and at the end you get him, um, a la, you know, a la Daredevil yeah. in Netflix. You get him fully costumed at the end, or with the six to eight episodes, they might even take a leaf out of the Warren Ellis book, and you could have one shots mm. each episode. Um, maybe forego. It's going to be hard because they're going to have to introduce him somehow. So whether he gets a a mention somewhere else you know as a backdoor introduction um but they're gonna have to invest in at least a couple of episodes to introduce him but what i'd i'd speculate speculate hmm. about <laughs> is um is that there'll be one sh- one-off episodes each um, with him you know um chasing down a, a sniper or uh or, or going um 
looking at some funky fungus, yeah. um, dreamlike qualities, you know. Uh, I think that was, possibly. I don't know. How about yourself? What, what do you I think? Don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough one because, like I say, there's so many variances to, to pull from. Um, but the mm. opportunity to do something different, I mean, you know, yes, we've had Daredevil, and I always remember watching that you know, season one. Well, each, each season had it, but season one, that corridor scene where he goes through and just sort of like mm. decks all those guys and it's all yeah. done to look like one take is is amazing and you do sort of look at that issue issue yeah. five of the um of, or four or five of oh, the, yeah. the, the ellis run you think yeah that's that's what i want mm-hmm. to see um i'm not sure you're yeah. gonna get that level of violence but like you say no. you, i don't want him to be i don't think you know kevin feige and that they're all clever enough now they're not i don't think we're gonna get a standard superhero fair they're gonna give it a twist but is no. it gonna be the first super like, um well, we've had Doctor Strange, but the first, you know, is he going to be like a supernatural superhero? Are they going to go down that route, or mm. are they going to go more noir and do that sort of thing? There are, there's so many things they could do, um, but yeah, how, yeah. Uh, the thing is again, like, if if they are introducing Konshu as an actual god in um, in the comics, it makes yes. me wonder if they're setting that up because that's going to be yeah. the foundation for the TV show, like you know, because. I, I don't think I don't think Disney Plus will have the guts to go with the level of ambiguity that we've had in the past, you know. Oh, I I really hope they do because, as we've mentioned earlier before, what I find absolutely more interesting is this ambiguity: mm. is Conchu real or is Mark just mad? Um, and uh, and unfortunately, I, I would tend to agree with you if Marvel is making this. Um, statement by having Conchu, you know, no secrets, be it be an established god, then maybe that's how they're gonna do it. Because it's it it's one follows the other these days, don't yeah, they? Yeah. The comics and the T V shows and vice versa. So uh yeah, I I hope not, but mm. potentially we'll we'll have to see I'd be interested to see how Conchu was established in Serpent War. Yes, and and if we see anything more there, then maybe we'll get a bit more insight. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, again, they could look at other, mm. you know, what what has been successful on TV, and again, like Disney doesn't have to worry about so much because it's it's already got your money, and you know, you've already made a stake mm. in the ground. But if you look at the most successful sort of um, superhero TV shows like you know yes you, you could go down that sort of like the you know arrow verse kind of mm. which is very much sort of like it's, it's fun and it's brightly colored and it's camp and it, but it, but it is actually you know it's um not always my favorite way but it's not so I don't think it's targeted at me to be yeah. fair but it's got a place you know what I mean mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. I have to admit I, I hold my yes, hand up I'm really looking forward to their crisis on infinite earths um the, okay. the recent yeah. picture of Brandon Routh as um, a slightly aged Superman looks amazing. Ah. Um, so you could go down that. And, and Tom Welling. Yeah, they've got Tom Welling coming oh, yeah, back so, as Superman yeah. as well. Like, Tom Welling yeah, coming this, back, yeah. You know, they're going all out. <laughs> it looks. It sounds like it could be amazing. Yeah. Um, but then yeah. they could look at, the, you know, from a Marvel perspective, like Legion has done, you know, is, is amazing. You mm-hmm. know, Doom Patrol, which is really weird. Oh, is. And, um, mm-hmm. maybe take a leaf out of that book and go, do you know what, actually, we could lean into that a bit more and go weird yeah. and, and a bit more, um, bit darker. Yeah, I tend to think the latter with that, um, mm. Scott. I, I think that the likes of Legion and Doom Patrol have paved the mm. way for, for that kind of TV show and Moon Knight falls in that wheelhouse 
you know so so well so i don't i don't see them um deviating from that um the the challenge would be to make it kind of distinct and different from the others because uh legion has done that so well for me like that that depiction of mental illness yeah. and um just the way it's visually and stunningly done um it's it's going to be a risk of moon knight coming off as like oh this is just a a legion a, a rip off well, of, of the legion this yeah is the problem, i think because you know when you look at some of the stuff that's been done before like you say with the the de- the netflix series i mean let's just take um mm-hmm. the the two primary ones that are closest to to moon knight in daredevil and, and punisher mm-hmm. you know both punisher yep. series really is about him um paying for the crimes you know the crimes of his military career you know his in that mm. you know spoilers but that you you find out that his family are killed because of links <laughs> to his his yes. his time um, you know as a soldier abroad and then so are all the yes. enemies okay well you could do that cuz mark specter was a, mer- a mercenary and you know you get bushman and i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that if they do it without bushman i'd be pretty amazed oh yeah and yeah. so you've got that element of like okay but that's too that is that too close to the netflix punisher okay well in that case let's go the let's mm. go the other way and we'll have him taking on you know, low-level crime or whatever, and you go, okay, well, that's too close to, to the Netflix Daredevil. So, yeah, I think, true. You, you know, if you... True. You, I mean, the good writers can do it, and it can it can still be amazing, but I don't know. Mm. I just think the opportunity is there to do something, um, you know, you could pull a thread that goes through all of them. Go back to the Munch run. I mean, you know, go back to those early mm. issues um, and pull some of that weird yeah. out of those as well. Yeah, I was about to ask, um, which runs do you think will will the writers and the showrunner kind of have in their in their um, green room or whatever, just kind of leafing through as they write? Um, but I think you probably it's going to probably be a bit of everything, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, let, yeah. Let's be, I mean, let's be clear. Disney is a machine. It, it does things, and any, anything mm-hmm. they do has got several primary purposes. Yes, we're making a TV show that we want everyone to watch because. That we want people to be mm-hmm. to continue to watch the stuff we make, so that's one thing. So I'm sure it'll be good, mm-hmm. and you know, they're not skimping on this stuff now. They're really putting effort into. It. And Kevin Feige is going to be mm-hmm. involved with all the TV. So there's also that potential. Don't forget that if it works on the TV show, to p- see him appear on the big silver screen yeah. at some point as well. So um, you know, if yeah. they're able to take Falcon and Winter Soldier from screen to TV, then there's no there's nothing to stop them yes. crossing over. Um, but for me, I think you know they're also going to be looking at where's the merchandise, what sells best, who are the favourite characters. Do not mm-hmm. kid yourself that at some point, and I'm not saying it happens, but in the next year or so, don't be surprised if you find that some people are searching the internet looking for inspiration of what do Moon Knight fans really want, and they come across, you know, the Facebook page and uh, stuff yeah. like that. Like it's happened in the uh, past, yeah. and you know, okay. Mister Knight is is a standout character. You know that's that as a yes. modern iteration that thing. Declan Shelby nailed that. Jordi Belair and and, and Declan Shelby that that, oh. that that first that first appearance of Mister Knight where he's walking down that alleyway, and the decision just to make mm-hmm. him just page white. You know, sort of just so stark. Yes, yeah. brilliant decision like that. I I've, I I pulled yeah. the trigger and bought a Funko Pop recently. I got the Mister Knight one because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. So, yeah, can can you imagine? Sorry, sorry, Scott. Can you imagine? Can can you imagine that? Like, shortly, not in the not too distant future, we may potentially have a Marvel Legends Hasbro figure of Bushman. Yeah, 
or yeah. of, you know, of of Morpheus. This is crazy. Yeah. But you know, it's what every Moon Knight fan dreams of. It's the day, like, the day, yeah, the day yeah. I can buy a Morpheus uh, figure is the yeah. day that I know Moon Knight has made it. That's uh, well. The, yeah. the other thing is, that, like you say, is all the merchandise. Like you know, I see people that have made their own T-shirts mm. and all that kind of stuff. But I want to be able to buy like proper yeah. Moon Knight merch. You know, yeah. that's what I'm looking forward to. Absolutely. Uh, wear my looniness yeah. with pride. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You see, um, see Kevin Feige wearing a Moon Knight <gasps> um, baseball cap. Oh, yeah, yeah that would be a, really a cap cool. with a crescent moon on it, and just the Moon Knight like, oh yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, just a little bit of uh, speculation as well, Scott. Um, I thought I might drop it here as well. You're talking about how um, Moon Knight can jump between, potentially between movies mm. and TV shows. Um, now, there was a bit of news that I um, I dropped on our show. Um, so it has been revealed that Black Widow, the, the movie next mm-hmm. year, I think coming out around middle of the year, um, some of the scenes were shot in Morocco, i.e. North mm. Africa. Now, there's speculation whether there might be a nod. Well, number one, apparently Shang-Chi, the movie, some of it is set in Morocco, so there might be a a link there between Black Widow and the Shang-Chi movie. But people are also wondering now, look, it's in North Africa, Moon Knight's origins do start there as well. It's a bit of a tenuous no, link, well, but, um, you know, it's potential. Yeah, this is the thing, and don't think, I mean, mm. the, this Moon Knight, Sorry, this this the Black Widow. Sorry, the Black Widow film is a, is a real anomaly in in uh, mm. the Marvel MCU canon to date. I mean, granted, it's taken part, part, part uh, it's it's the first film to take place after really to be done after um, Phase the, the last True. Phase. Like you know, you had Endgame and you got Far From Home, mm. which sort of sealed it all down. Black Widow is going to be that first yeah. entry point to that next phase, and you're telling mm. me they're going to look backwards. That that's yeah that that is that, v- very weird. That isn't does it? not sound yeah. like the the Marvel that we have come to know. And I I get that no. they're trying to give you know uh, Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow her due, and rightfully so. I'm really looking mm-hmm. forward to the film. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, what it, it feels odd that you know. So the question so, someone raised this to me actually was like, well, what you know, what's the point of doing this? Is it just to give that character its due because they killed her off? And I was like, well. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, but then someone suggested, well, or could it then be the other way round? Has there been mm-hmm. something else going on behind the scenes yes. since? Th- and this film sort mm-hmm. of instigates that, and we get some sort, of, you know. So yeah. since between, um, you know, just before Civil War, we actually get something mm-hmm. there. We find something. I don't know the Secret Empire or. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know something else, and that, yeah, and so you you are going to be introduced the committee. committee, yeah, it could be something like, <laughs> couldn't it? And you, so you are going to get yeah, a bunch yeah. of new characters yeah. introduced in Black Widow that we just haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Not in costume, but you might get, like I say, mercenary Mark Spector or you know a young Shang well, Chi. Yeah, I mean, it's done similar to... It's a very, very good point, Scott, as well. I hadn't, I hadn't considered it, but it makes total sense. And it reminds me of what they did with Captain Marvel and having it set in the 90s. Now, to show her kind of go back a bit um, so and show her origins through there, by the time she reaches, you know the present she's kind of well established so you can do that with the other characters like say for instance in the black widow movie it's set in civil war something starts to happen in egypt with a guy named mark or whatever by the time the tv show comes out you don't have to 
go through all that. I mean, you, you, you will have to recap it in, in a sense, but it's more believable that, you know, he's actually spent between that time in Civil War up until the mm. present becoming this Moon Knight figure. And so, yeah, I think that's a... That must be the other reason what Marvel, why Marvel are doing that, to make sure that there are concurrent characters that we haven't seen yet slowly be established. And by the time they reach the present, yeah, then, they're ready you know, to go. Happy days. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, not exactly. saying, I'm not saying yeah, we're yeah, getting like an on-screen point. appearance of Mark Spector because let's say he's not no. the cast. But like you say, mm-hmm. you, you know, there could be something in a tomb uh, or an Egyptian um, or a North mm. African Moroccan, you know, a North African. Um, Archaeological dig, and you're going to see a statue of of Conchu yeah. or something like there. There will be something. Oh. I, I, yeah, I mean, I could be, we could be miles yeah. off base. We could be miles away, but I'm I'm just already fantasizing, Scott. Can you imagine seeing the statue of Conchu in in Black Widow? I would just lose. My oh chisel. God, yeah, <laughs> that, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, if there's a glimpse of it, you know that the, the statue with the yeah, with, with the, the staff and the, oh, the crescent moon staff and that. Yeah, that'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah. Oh my um, god. Yeah, I just can't <laughs> believe that they're not setting these things in motion already because you know, mm. it's one of those things that if you go back um you know, if you do go back to the sort of early phases like you know yeah it, it was all mapped out maybe mm-hmm. like in great detail but the stuff you see you know it, it's all mm-hmm. obvious it was there um oh let, let's just let's just um why not just look at shang chi with the 10 rings yeah that started all the way back in 2008, yeah. and and Kevin Feige showed that it's been there from the start. You just haven't really paid notice, or, well, you know, much notice. Um, so I love yeah, that. So that's it. So are we going to? Is, is you don't know the Mandarin now could be the major villain for the next phase. It could be, you know, all mm. kinds of things. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. There's something about Black Widow that that you know, it's not just going to be a sort of a send off for a character. There's going to be more to it. There's got to be. Yeah. Um, I think it's a bit of a dark yeah, horse. Yeah, there's something, there's something in there that's not that's not been revealed yet, and it's got Taskmaster as well, who's a great character. So, oh yes, how cool is so, that? It's crazy, and and the Red yes. Guardian. Oh as yeah, well. Red Guardian. So yeah, yeah, it's really digging so. into sort of you know Marvel sort of back catalog. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so final question then. Let's just do some some final question before we sort of mm-hmm. round this out. Um, sure. Is actually there'll be two. There's gonna be two. So this is the second one. Let's keep it the TV show. <laughs> who yep. is going to play? Who would you like to see play Mark Spector? Oh, oh that is so tough. Look, I, um, I, I've been, um, you know, recommended and, and been talking about all these different people um, being Mark Spector, ranging from the guy who played um, the guy who played Dexter in Dexter to Michael C. Hall to Ross Marquand from Walking Dead. Um, I, I would actually, Scott, like to see a relatively unknown person. Um, just, uh, I'd like to see this to maybe be their breakthrough, similar to how Charlie Cox, um, um, was so successful with Daredevil. I'd like to see someone, yeah, not totally yeah, well I, known. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Cause there's been so many, you know, people go straight to, yeah, the, the, you know those known characters. I'd love to see them. So you say, yeah, sort of someone unknown that you can sort of. Uh, mm. you, you're not sure what they're going to pull from. I mean, they keep talking about you know Shia LaBeouf keeps getting mentioned. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, um, look, if you asked me ages ago, I um, what's his name? I think it's um, he played Oberon in Game of Thrones, Pedro Pascual. 
Oh, Pedro Pascal, yeah. Pedro, yeah, he's in The Mandalorian now. Mm. Um, I thought he I thought he would have been great, actually, myself. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that was just, that was early days. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, how about yourselves? Did, did you, anyone in particular as well? No, it's, I've, no, I've no. gone round this a few times, and yeah. there are certain people I keep sort of coming back around to. Well, to be fair, I've almost warmed to the idea of Shia LaBeouf, because I think, <laughs> you know, and I forget in his Transformers years, like you, know, uh, you yeah. see him do. Th- it's a bit like Robert Patterson. Like everyone go, you know, go straight to the Twilight stuff, and you think, oh, well, no, yeah. he's done some really good stuff since. Um, so I think, but you know, so yeah, if it was him, I would be interested to see what he brings. I think he can, he would bring something interesting. Mm-hmm. But to me, I sort of, I was thinking. There's all kinds of people. I even went to Adrian Brody at one point. I was like, Adrian Brody would be really Ooh, interesting. Sort of a, be very you know, good. Yeah. You know, really good actor. Could really bring yeah. that sort of intensity and that yeah. different sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think an unknown, uh, a younger, you know, because he can't be too young because you've sort of got to have no. it that he's gone through some through some stuff already. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I would. I'd, I'd like him in his thirties. Um, yeah. So a little, a little, a bit more established. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. Um, but yeah, um, let's just go someone because you're gonna have to have someone that can pull off looking like a, a, a killer merc, um, being yeah. a, a, a dapper Stephen Grant, and also not looking hammy and being a Jake Lockley. You know, and, and that's pretty yeah. hard to pull off. You know, so I, and I think that's the thing. I mean, it's it's. Again, it's it's funny. We were talk- again it's conversations I've had about this. Someone keeps bringing up like Christopher Reeve when he played Superman, oh, yeah. and that thing of like how he played, you know, um, his Clark Kent was sort of like you know perfect posture. Sorry, his Superman was perfect posture, mm-hmm. nice wide stance. It was all about the heroic stances and that. And then when he played Clark Kent, it was you know he was hunched over, he oh, was sort yeah. of like fumbling and that sort of thing. And like you, you sort of bought that okay. It's clearly the same guy, but you could understand why you wouldn't you wouldn't sort of think that. Mm. Um, and you need someone who's going to have that sort of be, be able to bring that physicality, so you can go. That cabbie looked an awful lot like that rich bloke yeah. who I keep seeing in the press. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they've got to be able to do something just to sort of yeah to try and you know they've got to be able to bring that difference of physicality. If I mean if they bring the the different personalities to the TV show again, it may be something that they're not brave enough to do straight away that you know i don't mm. know but i can't see be... that they could do a moon night show without them it would be weird no, for sure absolutely um and and i think that would be one of the great pulling um pulling cards of, of actually watching moon night um it's gonna yeah the, the acting chops will have to be really spot on um i can't remember the show that i watched before but it had someone an unknown actor who played someone with did and um yes him going between his altars, I think they called it, um, and it was frightening. Like, and and I want that same that same kind of goosebump feeling when you see Mark Spector flip from Mark Spector to to Stephen Grant. To um, yeah. there was an issue um, in the uh, the Houston run. Um, um, uh, Tommy Coker wrote it. It was uh, issue fourteen, I think, of um, of the the Houston run. And it's Mark being assessed by the psychiatrist, and you see him mm. flip, and he goes from this confident kind of um, Stephen Grant to this um, a, a little dour kind of Jake Lockley, and uh, the yeah. art even conveyed how scary it was to see someone just change like that, and and that's what I want to see in the in the TV show. So I hope Disney do that, and I hope they don't ignore it. No, because I think I see you're right there. The potential for that is amazing. I mean, it, mm. you've then got the idea of. Um, 
you know, I, I like the idea of like say maybe the primary ones actually are Stephen Grant and Jake Lockley, mm. you know, for him sort of like working in high society, and then they, you know, there's Moon Knight, and then Mark Spector's almost like trapped away in the background, like you know, again that yeah. redemptive thing of like no, you know, I, I'm keeping that in the back, mm. and then when he just flips into when when he finally flips into Mark Spector, um, that's when the shit hits the fan, you know, and that's the real. Like no, we've been keeping this locked up. We've been I've been yes. holding back, and now I'm not. And it's actually it was like the Mark Spector personality that broke and actually like cut the face off Bushman, or re- you know really did that kind of thing. I like that yeah. idea of yeah, that'd be great idea. Yeah. Well, that'd be really something. Um, yeah, a, a friend of mine um, actually he, he's been featured on this show, Dave, um, who we we spoke um, yes. about Predator. He actually you reminded me as well. He actually put up a, a fan cast. I think would be br- be brilliant. He's a little older now, but Vigo Mortensen. Um, I don't oh, know. If you, yes. Yeah. If he's you've got watched, intensity, yeah, he's got intensity. And if you've watched um, History of Violence, have you seen that? Where mm, yes, he yeah. Um, and he's apparently this killer, but he's this very meek kind of very innocent guy for most of the movie, and then and then he flips, um, and he shows yeah. his real colours. Um, that sort of stuff, that sort of intensity, I think would be really great for Moon Knight. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's so much to do. With it. There's so much potential. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Last bit of speculation. So, mm-hmm. uh, Jason Aaron has obviously alluded to the fact that he has got a Moon Knight story to tell, mm. um, and it's going to appear in Avengers. Uh, the Avengers book, and that his book's going all over the place. Like it's, it's reintroduced Blade. It's got mm. some other stuff going on. It's been crazy. What are your thoughts on on Jason Aaron writing uh, a Moon Knight story? Oh, number one, um, sign me up straight away. Uh, yeah. Really do love Jason Aaron's work. You know, even his average stuff is is quite solid. Um, but for the most part, he knows how to write. Uh, a hell of a good comic book so definitely get him on there um uh yeah i mean he's he's run with uh with ghost rider as well with with wolverine he's done all the big ones with thor obviously yeah he's just he's just very talented writer so yeah in in a heartbeat i'd go i'd go grab his stuff um yeah uh and as for what it would be um He's alluded a lot to like it looked like like mummies and zombies and stuff. So very Egyptian kind of um, yeah. angled. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. isn't it? Because I've been following the Avengers run and it's really good. And I said mm. I loved his his work on Thor and and uh, and I say Wolverine and stuff is is incredible. Mm. Um, but yeah, that that sort of thing when you get that sort of flash forward or the glimpses of the things in the future and it is yeah. it's like Moon Knight leading an army of mummies or maybe even being yeah. chased by them. Yeah. Don't know. Don't yeah, know. no, it's gonna I'd, be good. Yeah, it's hard to tell. He comes up some, with some really good ideas, but he can also maybe um, work off the ideas of others as well. So he might might take further um, Lemire's um, mm. you know ideas because um, we did see um, New Egypt. Um, you know, it was an iteration of New York in, in Lemire's mm. run. So um, there is a, a very much an Egyptian quality there, and um, uh, Anubis. Um, in the on the raft in the cosmos, um, yeah. So all that sort of stuff, Jason Aaron can probably tap into. Yeah, it'd be great. I'm really looking forward to it. I think, mm. I think you know, between us, we agree that there's actually quite a bright future for Moon Knight. Oh, uh, yes, coming up. Oh yeah, so. this is just this is just the start. We're on the beginning of the roller coaster ride here, Scott. And uh, yeah. you know, we've got the bar down. You know, we're kind of slowly ascending up that big uh, the big hill. <laughs> and I just I just can't wait for us to like just go down and TV show, comic books, action figures, Funko Pops, bring it on. 
That's it. Merchant, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the wallet's going to take a hit. I'm sure it is. But you know, it's, oh, it's all it going to be worth it. it. Is. <laughs> okay. Well, Ray, it's you know we've had a great conversation, and thank you so much for coming on 20th Century Geek to talk about Moon Knight. Oh no, Scott! Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I love speaking um, with you as well. I mean, whether it be Predator or Moon Knight, hey, why not have Moon Knight versus Predator? There's got to be a comic there somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> but um, no, it's always a pleasure, and it's always a pleasure talking to someone that is so passionate about Moon Knight as well. So um, no, it's been a blast. Excellent, thank you. And where can people find you? Where can people find Into the Night? Yeah, so definitely just check us up on uh, on Twitter at ITK Moon Knight is our handle. And the best thing, we're on Facebook. We've got a page and a group, but um, just just go for the group. The group's a lot of fun. Uh, we've just hit over 1,200, so uh, facebook.com slash groups slash ITK Moon Knight. Uh, and, yeah, we, we respond quite, quite um, frequently, and it, it's fun to just chat with all the loonies. It is. I can attest that I'm part of the group, and great, there's a great bunch of people on there. Yeah. Some great ideas, some great theories, uh, and more people joining every day. Mm. So you know, uh, go and have a look at it. Go check it out. Okay. Well, thank you, Ray. No worries. I really appreciate your time, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Another great 20th Century Geek episode. Thank you for listening. If you would like to get in contact to suggest topics for future shows, or just chat about everything nerdy, you can email me at 20thcenturygeek at gmail.com. That's 20thcenturygeek at gmail.com. Or find me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Just search for 20th Century Geek. If you would like to support the show, please go on your podcast catcher and leave a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. It raises the show in the ranks and lets more people know about the podcast. If you want to show more support for the podcast, we do have an Amazon wish list. Just go on Amazon and search for 20th Century Geek and you will find a list of books that will help with research for future podcasts. And don't forget, we love second-hand books in 20th Century Towers. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.